Well, it's good to see you this morning. Uh, last Sunday morning, we, we spent a little bit of time in Daniel, the second chapter of Daniel. And I, have, uh, I came this morning prepared to, prepared to continue along that line. And Daniel, we will continue. I'm just not confident that we'll do it this morning. I'm going to ask Pat if she put that last song up, that, uh, just the words of that last song that we sang. Just before we, yeah. Oh, Master, let me walk with thee. Um, maybe the next verse, Pat. Okay. Um, oh, Master, let me walk with thee in lowly paths of service free. Tell me thy secret. Help me bear the strain of toil, the fret of care. Before we continue on this, um, how are you doing this morning? Are you doing well? And how is your soul doing? Let me just say, how, um, how is our soul doing, all of us together? Uh, do we have the life of God within us? Do we have the life of God within us? Do we have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives? Are we making progress? Are we on our way to heaven? If our soul would be required of us t- today... Or this week, are we are we ready? Are we ready to meet Jesus? Are we ready to look in His face and have Him look at us? Now, I'm not being melodramatic. I am realizing that there is a shift. There is a very significant change that is taking place now in the timing of the things of God, the things of the Lord. We know that we are moving very quickly and closely, rapidly to the second coming of Jesus and to the culmination of this age. But it's very clear to me that this is not a time for us to sit on our hands and uh, be inactive. This is a time for us to... to uh, rally in our spiritual lives... I'm beginning to see that in terms of the timing of the second coming of the Lord, the second advent and the, the appearing of the Lord, that there are some, there are some very important um, spiritual, uh, spiritual events that must take place in the lives of the Lord's people in the earth. I believe that um, we are being called to come, to come up higher we're being called to come to higher ground than where we are. We're going to look at some of these things in the next few weeks as we, as we progress. I'm not going to say a lot about it this morning. I just want to, uh, this, I just want to uh, state the sense of urgency that I feel about where we are in our walk with Jesus. Our calling is that we would walk closely with Him. Our calling is that He would reign supreme within us. Our calling is that our thoughts, you know, the way we process information, our thoughts, our feelings, our attitudes, would evidence a work of grace that's occurring within us. Um, it's, it's, it's not that we should have a whip and we should lash each other about, well, we should pray and we should devote, give time to devotions. It's not, it's not that we should be urging each other to do that which we are not inclined to do. It's that there's something that needs to uh, 
awaken within us about the reality of the living Christ. Our desire should be, and it will be, uh, once we begin to experience his presence more than we do now, our desire will be um, to spend time in his presence. Our desire will be to pray. Pray will be prayer will be fellowship with him. Prayer will not be a, you know, uh, something that we are required to do, but we have to try to find time for. So we're, we're being called to come to a very higher uh, to, to a higher ground, and this calling is going out throughout the earth. I'm convinced of it. I don't know. No one has said this to me, but I'm convinced that there is a call to the Lord's people that is global in its scope, and it is a call to devotion. It is a call to a higher ground spiritually. It's a call to personal revival because we won't see a revival out there until we see a revival and experience a revival in here. Now, it's a wonderful thing because up ahead of us is uh, getting ready to um, manifest in the earth a tremendous transformation. There comes a time when the kingdom of God that is within you the kingdom of God that is within us will become the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth globally. And his kingdom will be manifested. And we're going to work our way through in the next few weeks, I believe, we're going to work our way through the scriptures that talk about the kingdom of God is now and that the kingdom of God is future. But first of all, the kingdom of God is now, and that's why I asked the question: How are you know? How are you in your own uh, interior life? How are you doing? What is the condition of your soul? Um, reason I ask that is because I, I know that we can spend we we can spend uh, the entirety of our lives in Christian fellowship. And be inside in the area of the spirit and so we can be dead. And someone would say, well, that's impossible. How could that be? But it is true. Um, and, and we're not called to be dead. We're called to be alive and to come alive. And so this will be our sense of urgency and focus as we proceed in the next few weeks. We'll be on the condition of our soul, the condition of our spirit. And is our heart right before God? Let's go to the next verse that we had. It says, Help me the slow of heart to move by some clear winning word of love. Teach me the wayward feet to stay and guide them in the homeward way. Just leave that for a moment. I think it would probably be uh, sometime about maybe 1960, 1970, perhaps 1970, 1971. Uh, my parents were living at 335 Wellington Street East in the city of Sault Ste. Marie. And I was working one day and I stopped in to say, you know, to say hello and how are you doing and so on and I was, while I was working. So I stopped in and on the kitchen table, mom had these little bread of life. Did anybody still have these? These little cards, you know, that you pull out, we'll call them bread of life. And so I saw it sitting there and I decided to open it up and I took one out. I kept it in my wallet for years and years and years and there was a Bible verse on one side and this is what it said. Help me the slow of heart to move by some clear winning word of love. Teach me the wayward feet to stay 
and guide them in the homeward way. And because of the events that were taking place in my life at the time, and I was, it, it became, to me, it became a very special uh, word, a very special message to me, so much so that I treasured it. And I found it very interesting this morning that, uh, that we would uh, find that in one of our songs. You know, I'm going to ask you to open your Bible with me in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter uh, 40, Isaiah chapter 40. And also I'd like to, if we come back in just a moment, Ruth, maybe you'll come back in just a moment and we could sing channels only again. Um, I was sitting out in the front and you were singing channels only and that's a wonderful song. So I'd like to sing that again. But it's uh, Isaiah chapter 40, and uh, I want to go to verse 27. Maybe you could join me in verse 27. I'll just read down to the end of that, to the end of that chapter. It says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Why do you say that? Why do you say that you have a need and you have a claim and in other words, there's something, there's something very important that's happening in your life and, and you pray and it's as if the Lord's not hearing you. You feel as if the Lord is not hearing you. So why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? Why do you say, my way is hidden from the Lord? You know, when I was reading this just a f- couple of moments before I came in, and it seemed to me to be something that we should focus on a little bit. And it's this, that my way is not hidden from the Lord, and your way is not hidden from the Lord. The Lord knows every detail about your life and mine. And he has a most wonderful purpose for us. I don't want to just rush over those words and speak those words casually. There is a wonderful purpose known by God before you and I were born. He knew us. From before. You say that's impossible. You can't know anything from before. Nothing is impossible with God. He knows from before. There is no past, future with God. And He has a purpose for us. And it is imperative that His purpose find fulfillment in our lives. And so here's Israel in this position where they say that my way is hidden from the Lord. He doesn't notice me. It says, have you not known and have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. And here we come to these marvelous words. Because we're being called now in this, and I'm attempting to to share a few words on about what I perceive to be a change that is coming, a calling that that is coming to the Lord's people globally. And, 
And this passage, these words are relevant to this. It says, but those who wait on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? I mean, are we waiting upon the Lord? Are we? It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And we sing that sometimes in a, in a chorus. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Would you put the words up for the song channels only? Pat, for us. I just want to read these words and then I'm going to ask Ruth to come back to the piano in a moment and we'll sing these again. You know, something, uh, I was going to say something needs to change. I, my, my, my sense of urgency on this is, uh, is growing. There are a great many things that need to change. I found myself in conversation, and I'm not talking about any particular person now, but just a general trend. I found myself in conversation with, with individuals who have been in Christian fellowship for many, many years. And during the conversation, I've come to conclude that the impact of the Word of God in a profound way or the impact of the Spirit of God upon their life has been very minimal. And I just find it disturbing and shocking. And I say within myself, how could this be? How could we have church? How could we have preaching, teaching? How could we sing these great hymns of the church? And have such little penetration, oftentimes, to the very spirit, soul of people's lives. I'm not, this is not critical. This is an observation. It's just that this is not the way it is intended to be. This is not, is not the calling of the church just to spread a philosophy that does not penetrate deeply into the lives of the hearers. It is the calling in the ministry of the church to be equipped by the Spirit of the Lord to go out and to win souls for Christ. To win a soul for Christ means to present the gospel in a way that it penetrates into the lives of those who hear it. And when it penetrates right into the lives, it opens up the interior, the inside, and the result is repentance. Repentance and heart change. And a revelation of Jesus. And to, and to a revelation of Jesus is to love him because he is entirely lovely, absolutely the most phenomenal person, just a marvelous, wonderful person. And I think sometimes we don't know him. You know, we collectively, I think sometimes our knowledge of him is much too shallow, much too restricted. We need to know him. I think oftentimes that, you know, if we have issues or difficulties, problems arise and so on and so forth, they could be resolved, they could disappear in the twinkling of an eye just by a revelation of Jesus and who he is. People who struggle with all kinds of things in their lives, like addictions or whatever it might be, we, we seem to find now that there's so much struggle, struggle, people struggling with things, right? carrying heavy burdens. And everything is a struggle, and everything is a trial. And 
the answer to to these, every one of them, every single one of them, the answer to every single one of them is a revelation of Messiah Jesus to know him. And and it is it is it is um phenomenal that the ministry of the church is actually to go into the world with empowerment to bring a revelation of Messiah because he is with that ministry. It's not as if we go and talk about Jesus, he's somewhere removed. It's as if he, well, he is with us. But there's something that's lacking in that kind of anointing or empowerment. That needs to be remedied. That needs to be remedied. That's why we read about waiting upon the Lord. We're being called to wait upon the Lord, spend time in his presence. This is what we're being called to. So the, these words are wonderful. And Ruth, would you just kind of, would you come and, and uh, get that piano warmed up for us? <laughs> of course, it just, it just, uh, you just finished, so it can't be cooled off too much. How I praise thee, precious, aren't these words wonderful? How I praise thee, precious Savior, that thy love laid hold of me. Thou hast saved and cleansed and filled me. Now these must not just be words. These must not be words. This must not just be a song that we sing. It, it, must, be a, it must be a reflection of the reality that is occurring within us. Just put the next verse up, Pat, for me. It says, Empty that thou shouldest fill me, a clean vessel in thy hand. Do you know sometimes uh, uh, the work of the Spirit of God and the Word of God is to empty us? Did you ever find that, you know, to be emptied? Because it's reasonable that until you're emptied, we are emptied, we can't be filled. Sometimes there's an unpleasantness and sometimes there's all kinds of discouragements. Whenever we talk about waiting upon the Lord, I guarantee there will be all kinds of discouragements and opportunities to evade that. Right? We can't be deterred by those. Can't be deterred. Empty that thou shouldest fill me, a clean vessel in thy hand. A clean vessel in thy hand. Not a dirty, filthy vessel in thy hand. A clean vessel in thy hand. We're cleansed by his word. We're cleansed by his provision. We're cleansed by his spirit. It says, with no power, but as thou givest, graciously with each command. Well, let's go back to the first, and then we'll sing it this morning together again. Let's listen. Maybe Ruth will play a verse, and then we'll join in after she plays it for us. saved and 
cleansed and filled me that I might thy channel be channels only blessed master God with all thy wondrous power flowing through us thou canst use us every day and every hour empty that thou shouldest fill me a clean vessel in thy hand with no power but as thou givest graciously with each command channels only blessed master but with all thy wondrous power flowing through us thou canst use us every day and every hour sing thy power to save me setting free from self and sin thou who bought us to possess me in thy fullness only blessed master but with all thy wondrous power flowing through us thou canst use us every day and every hour Jesus fill now with thy spirit hearts that full surrender know that the streams of living water from our inner man may flow channels only blessed master but with all thy wondrous power going through us thou canst use us every day and every hour just a wonderful song You may remember last uh, Sunday morning we kept repeating this phrase numerous times. It's time for the stone to touch the natural order. Remember we said that several times? And that's referencing, of course, the second chapter of Daniel where the stone, there's a stone that just kind of separates itself from a mountain. It uses the words was cut from a mountain, stone without hands. So the stone miraculously appears as if cut out of a mountain. And this stone strikes the feet of the image that is described and that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed in a dream. And the image represents world government starting with Babylon coming right down to Rome and actually coming right down to the very end of the age. And it says that the stone will strike the feet of the image. And then the, everything, the, the clay, uh, the potter's clay and the iron in the feet and the toes will crumble. And the entire image, all the way up to the head of gold, just crumbles and becomes like the dust or the chaff on the summer threshing floor. And the wind carries it away until it is not found. It disappears. It ceases to exist. And then that stone that struck or touched the feet of the image becomes a great mountain. 
it says, and fills the whole earth. And in this dream, this uh, kingdom, which is a miraculous supernatural, of course, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Messiah, this kingdom becomes an eternal kingdom, never to be superseded by another, and completely displaces all those other kingdoms. Now, Jesus taught, John the Baptist taught, when John the Baptist came as a prophet from God, uh, what he said is, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand or near. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Right? Then a, little, a few verses later, it says Jesus, after his baptism by John in the Jordan, begins his uh, ministry in the Galilee region, and he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or is near. And then we find, going through uh, all the Gospels, uh, continual reference to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to distinguish, make a, uh, a distinction between the phrase kingdom of heaven and the phrase kingdom of God. I'm, I'm not, I, find that, I find that to be uh, kind of interesting ideology, but I don't find it to be that spiritually rewarding, and it's not going to be an emphasis that I'm going to bring. We're going to talk about the essence and the substance of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. But this kingdom has already been established, it already has been set up, but it is a spiritual kingdom. And the, spirit, and the kingdom of heaven is intended and designed to rule and reign right now within the hearts of men and women, people like you and me. But there will come a time when that kingdom, at the return of Messiah, when that kingdom will replace all governments in the world, and there will be no human government at all, they will all have ended, ceased to exist. And the kingdom of God will become that great mountain that fills the whole earth. We're in a time of preparation for that. And I, I, just, I just want to say, I'm not going to spend much more time this morning on this, but I, I want to say that my sense is very clear that there's a great task to be done. There's a great ministry to be accomplished. We don't have an, we don't have unlimited amount of time to do it. We need to be equipped to do this. We need to have, uh, it's, it's, not an easy, it's not an easy challenge. But it's time for the stone to touch the natural order. And what I mean by that is time for the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, to actually touch the natural things. And as I stressed a little bit last Sunday morning, the order that is appearing to me, the order of this is to, is to the word I, I hear to me, and I believe it's for all of us, is to wait upon the Lord Walk closely with him. Come into fellowship with Jesus like you've never come into fellowship with Jesus before. Learn by experience what it means to pray without ceasing. The life of God in the soul. And then go out from that and seek out people and touch their lives. No matter where or who they are. 
or no matter what state they're in. Do never, never compromise the truth. You don't need to compromise the truth. But you have, we have to go out full, filled with the Spirit of God. And so it's not a question of just going out and confronting people with what we believe to be true, truth. It's a question of being filled with the Spirit of truth. Filled with the Spirit of God, which means being filled with the love of God. Which means being inspired to know what to say to a person in any given scenario. Exactly what to say and what not to say. When to speak to them and when not to speak. But to do it with the presence of the Lord from within us. And speaking the truth. And that what this is, is this is the stone touching the natural order. And there's a great deal about this natural order in this larger society that is becoming worse and worse and darker and more perverse as, as we move ahead. It, it is really becoming a monster. It's becoming monstrous. Unbelievable. I'm not going to get into all the details. You know these details as well as I do. And how that individuals, their minds are being corrupted to the point where people are finding it difficult to even think straight. In, like rational thought. To think rationally is becoming very, very difficult for a lot of people. So we don't, they don't need people like me telling them how irrational they are. They need people like me spending time with Jesus and then spending time with them. But the order has to be that way. It has to be to spend time with Jesus and then touch people's lives. And go back and spend time with the Lord and then go out and touch people's lives. It's not go out and touch people's lives and then go back and spend time with Jesus. You see what I mean? This has one, the priority is spend time with the Lord. Now, does this have a touch, and I'm not going to say too much about it right now, but does this have any bearing at all on the timing of the second advent of Messiah? I believe the answer to that is yes. Absolutely yes. We'll talk more about that. I believe the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs>